Do you wanna just, just should we just jump right in? Just jump right in. Let's just jump right Let's into it. Just jump into right. it. What's I'm up, gonna, YouTube? Are you rolling, Christian? Oh hey, we're live. What's up, everybody? Uh hey, Ren, are, we Ren are live to, now. Yeah, Ren went to Texas to sit in Jake's office to record the yeah. podcast. It looks <laughs> I'm here sitting remotely in Jake's office. You can't tell the difference right now. <laughs> no, in truth, I'm sitting at home right now because I still have COVID. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Kind of. I'm at like the very tail end of it. Very tail end of it. I don't feel any symptoms anymore right now. At a a rough morning, but now I'm feeling all right. Yeah, we have your cardboard effigy. In yeah. The, oh, my God. It's head every once in a while. <laughs> I love that yeah. thing just because of how different it looks depending on how you rotate it. Yeah. Here, I'll just wear it for the... There you go. It's like you're <laughs> it's here, cool. right? It it's so camera, scary you know, when you point it right at the camera because it looks like it just kind of disappears. And <laughs> you see my eyes through my it? Face. From my camera, it, I see these little white dots of eyes. <laughs> but I think it's just reflecting off of the cardboard a little. Actually, you should be able to see my eyes through it if I do this right. This is probably not the best thing for a podcast, which is an audio-only thing, but like... You're going to shine your light through it? Well, hey, how's it going, everyone? Thanks for tuning into the Corridor cast. Uh, I have been out for the last couple weeks, uh, if we wanted to catch up on any of that. And now I'm back in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) Are you? <laughs> I'm in Jake's Red office. That we've already established. For- yeah, 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 yeah. So you've had COVID for the last two weeks? No, just the last one week, which I got <laughs> from Jan driving, spending two days oh. in the truck with Jan driving back from Burning Man after getting stranded at Burning Man for an additional couple of days. It was a great wow. time. We're debating whether or not people actually want to hear Burning Man stories. I know. Think, I then? I'm all I'll say on the matter is that I think everyone should should try it at some point in their lives. It's a crazy experience. It was my first time, and there's no other way to describe it. You have to kind of experience it. Did you Did you burn the man? No, it rained what? too much. Ah, there's no Burning well, Man. Some Burning Man. It was burned after wet I man. left. Slop, sloppy, wet, <laughs> soaked <this>? man. <laughs> Wedding man. <laughs> Wedding man. <laughs> yeah, no, it uh, because it poured rain. I, I it was an awesome like first four days of the trip, but then on Friday it started raining, and then it didn't stop raining. We got like three months of rain in less than a day, and so it's a dry lake bed. So the entire place just flooded half an inch or more on the first day. So there's mud everywhere. And it's not mud, it's clay. It's this fine clay that just sticks uh. to everything. And so you'd be walking around with like five pounds of mud on each of your feet. And so I, my knees were super sore after a few days of that. And I couldn't figure out why until I realized I've basically been walking around with ankle weights. Uh, but yeah, so that was that was wild. That was an experience. Not nearly as bad as the media made it seem to be. But I got out in one piece. It wasn't too bad, uh, too big of a deal. But Jan was starting to feel sick like on the last day. And um, then oh, I spent man. two days in the car with him trying to get out of there. I'm sure a lot of people got it there. It was probably going around. I mean, probably. Yeah. Although, I mean, it's hard to say because it is mostly outdoors. It's like it's, it's an outdoors thing. Like I slept in a tent for the week. Mm. So camping and being outside is like one of the safest places from COVID. That is true. But somehow so I got it. So maybe I know nothing. <laughs> I guess he could have had it all week and not been symptomatic, but I mean, he must have gotten it there. I mean, as far as I'm aware, this is the first time I've had COVID. So, I mean, I may have had it and just never known it, but every time I've tested for it in the past, it's always come up negative. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Well, you're not back in the office yet, so I can't say I'm glad you're back because you're not back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Alive is the word. I'm glad you're alive. You know, yeah. I'm glad you're not. Still muddy, I guess. Yeah, I was so yeah, worried was... about you getting muddy. <laughs> <laughs> CNN Thoughts told me prayers. that the hippies were muddy. <laughs> made me angry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so I feel like we, I've just been completely out of the the bubble of corridor for the last couple of weeks, uh, and yeah, I'm curious know. how you guys are doing. Griffin, how doing are you, great. man? 
Uh, I'm doing well, dude. I'm, you know, well hydrated. Um, you know, my, my macros are looking good. Um, <laughs> uh, things have been going smooth for me around here and uh, also been venturing into some exciting art and music territory outside of work. So oh, yeah. last couple of weeks have been have been really nice. Uh, yeah. How are you guys doing? Yeah. Good. You can't you can't mention this new art and music territory without delving a little bit deeper. Yeah. I, I want to know more. Oh, well, um, I've uh, I did I did a little portrait, a little digital painting portrait, okay. and oh, really? uh, I'm doing some preliminary work to dip my feet into making clothing, making like attire and merchandise, oh, just cool. like a fun little thing. And then uh, on a whim, I um, started making EDM again for the first time in like twelve oh, years. I started making like drum and bass and house music. Oh, so cool. I think I saw not- saw you post something about that. I'm very curious. Yeah, like dude, what does that I, entail for you? Like, are you are you do you have like a mixing board? I have a very very limited setup at home that's mostly digital. I have uh, studio monitors. I have like a two octave MIDI keyboard, and then just like a bunch of VSTs, digital like plugins and stuff. And uh, I check all my mixes in the car and on my TV, as you do. But <laughs> yeah, there may or may not be a small EP uh, coming out later this year or next year. I have no idea. But really? It's been fun getting into it. So, Hell yeah. Sweet. All right. I think the theme of this podcast is going to be everyone's hobby art projects. <laughs> That's cool. Heck yeah. What's, uh, what's your artist name, Griffin? Do you have one yet? Um, no, I've been, I've been like thinking about it like there's a, a couple there's one that i might want to do for my like goth post-punk project that's okay like and then but i was also thinking about like griffin thorn is like like why waste that name but yeah it's a pretty, pretty good name it's like, a pretty good name yeah. So, yeah yeah griffin if you weren't <laughs> if you hadn't gotten to the realm of like you know art and digital art and graphic art and all that kind of stuff what do you think you would be doing right now i would like professionally yeah I would a hundred percent be like uh, a ski bum. I would be like, <laughs> good like, answer. Lift, like working, uh, being like a lift operator, um, <laughs> just like living uh, at the mountain and just snowboarding all day every day. That's absolutely what I would have done. Huh, also making right. drum and bass on the side. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that nice. that sounds pretty great, Griffin. I would love to go snowboarding with you. I would love that so much. Oh, dude, let's do. I'm I'm getting back into it this season. Um, I, I really want to really join you. Go. Dude, dude, let's do it. Dude. We should we should go up together. I'm super down, hundred percent down. Deal. You got a deal, man. Snowboarded. Nico. I've been wanting to get Kyber. back into snowboarding for so long. I snowboarded for like half an hour once. I decided I'd rather go back to skiing. And yeah, enjoy the rest it's of the intense, mountain. man. I was like <laughs> last winter. I was all gung ho about it for the first time. I'm like, I can one wheel now, so I can snowboard now. And <laughs> it's not moly, the same thing. Guys, yeah, it is not the same thing. It's like really scary learning how to switch sides as you're mm, going down. Yeah, yeah. Because you just have to kind of fling yourself and like get the like. You're like, all right, I'm just gonna turn into it now. And you just hope momentum, you know, is there on your side. But yeah, dude, my legs have never been as tired ever skiing as oh, they were. Yeah, the soreboard. Seriously. <laughs> It was like, that was the worst part. Because you're constantly having to like sit down, get back up, sit. You're just doing like hundreds of squats a day. Yeah. And just like the, I don't know, with skiing, I feel like since you're straight, you don't have to use as many muscles to stay. Like you obviously have to use your legs as like springs and like, you know, absorb your shock. But the snowboarding, there's a whole other element of like, don't fall into the mountain or away from the mountain that Mm -hmm. I think adds to the the just exhaustion. So I want to try it again, though. It was definitely uh, easier for me to learn skiing. Like I can ski and it's easier to learn skiing. But I feel like once you get through that initial hump of learning how to snowboard, like once you can actually finally do a turn, it all just like opens up. Totally. And then it becomes exactly like one wheeling. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I, I like kind of hit that at the end by like my last run. I was like too tired to go on, but I'm like, okay, I can like, if I were to come back tomorrow or like in a week, once I recover, I'd be, I'd have a great time. Yeah, and then two yeah, years later, cut to. <laughs> Although the biggest difference between snowboarding and one wheeling is the fact that a snowboard can go sideways; it slides. Which, like, mm-hmm. we we tested that one electric skateboard several years back that had like the caster wheels on the bottom of it that was also motorized. It could like skate back and forth like mm-hmm. a snowboard. What a weird! Uh, weird I still have it. I keep thinking about trying to learn how to ride it again. <laughs> it was hard. It was very hard. 
Yeah. Nick, do you have any like side art projects you've been working on outside of making a movie? Side art projects? <laughs> Ignoring I mean, movie. mostly just the movie, man. Um, <laughs> you got any side art projects? Yeah, you know, feature length movie. Yeah, no, I mean, no big deal. My, my side, my side thing. What about but, your? What about this? This little channel you talked about? Oh man. Well, yeah. So okay. Wait, wait. Can I? Can I <laughs> guess what the name is? Yeah, yeah. Guess. Uh, Nick is Matic. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Nick With a P though at the beginning. Yeah. New numismatic, the numismat. Um, no, it's it's called History at Home. Oh, so it's not numismat. <laughs> I right now I only do coin videos, but maybe we'll expand that. Someday. History at Home. History at Home. That's yeah. cool. It's when, just I, it's you know I'm name, here at dude. home. We're doing history, talking history. When did you start this channel? I started it mm, like probably just about two years ago, and I've made about six, five or six videos only. But they're long videos, dude. It's like, like cleaning a coin is a long video. So it takes me forever to edit it. It's like, you know, I haven't had a lot of time to put into it. So it's like, if I have an extra hour, like once a week, I'll like just, you know, cut it up. But it's fun, man. I get to like it, show people a satisfying process. And that makes great YouTube content. Mm -hmm. And yeah. there's an audience for it. Whatever, whatever you're cleaning on YouTube, people want to watch that. Like, Dude, you can make anything clean <laughs> on YouTube and it'll be like worth worth. So you you starting to get a little audience. There's there's people that are watching your I, videos. Yeah, I mean it's like enough. I think I have like five thousand subscribers. But it's wow, like all that's natty. Actually, like, yeah. It's like natty, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like a slow trickle. Like couple you know, like there's views, but it's not like a business or anything. But sure, I yeah. I feel like it's it's more just for me to be able to like put these uh these little projects out and have them live somewhere and be able to just like just uh gush to people about the history and if, if they want to watch it they can it's there so yeah it's... i've been really curious what it's like to try to start a youtube channel these days okay because like this is something i've been thinking about talking about on the podcast and like because you know we obviously have not had to start a youtube channel yeah. in a long time um but you know when we started youtube like we could rely on like visual effects mm -hmm. and like digital cinema being a hard thing to do so there weren't a lot of people yeah could <laughs> use that to stand out yeah. And I feel like you need to stand out in some way for people to like notice you. And unless you're like stunningly gorgeous or incredibly charismatic, like you got to have some sort of weird idea or unique thing. But like, yeah, I, I wonder like if we were to start a YouTube channel today, like could we make it like would it would it grow as fast as it did back then at the same speed? Would it be harder? Would it be easier? You know, like, but you're you got it. You got a YouTube channel that you started. Well, like, you, you just need that little like, I think. Yeah, you can't just like expect to make a YouTube channel about like you, right? Unless yeah. you are charismatic or good looking or both is better. But <laughs> if if you have like something like like cleaning an ancient coin, for instance, you know, it's a kind of unique thing. It's a somewhat simple tax, but not many people are up to it, right? And there's also something like kind of there's like a story there. It's like history being uncovered. Like, what can this tell me? So, you just got to have something like, compelling to watch, you know, it's like, yes, exactly. there's a, there's a lot of people out there, so it doesn't have to be super broad. A super niche thing can still have a lot of uh, people to watch totally. it because it's still compelling for those people. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's been really fun, like kind of not worrying about like all the, the rules and kind of processes we, we go through here as part of our job and part of our, is it a little career. cathartic in that way? Like, kind like, of, oh, yeah, I don't yeah, have to like, try hey, to like, I can do whatever I want, but at the same video. time. Yeah, it's like I want to, you know, keep that consistency and the kind of content and like also having the knowledge of the rules to break them, you know, after is, is good. So it's like, yeah, like you want to have a little bit of consistency. I've definitely applied a lot of the you know, thumbnail principles that we we like to <laughs> practice here. So, yeah, it's been fun. But I haven't. Oh gosh, I need to edit. You're like, video. I don't have to cut this for time. I have it's one, the, dude. The pacing I, I is fine. This sick. This awesome uh, Egyptian coin. And mm. it's beautiful. And I just got to put it up. I just got to edit it. It's going to take like <laughs> five hours to edit or more. So mm. someday. 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 Yeah. Griffin, how do you like discover new YouTube channels? Like, what do you, what do you think it'd be like trying to start? What would like, what mm. advice would you have as somebody who deals with one of the most crucial aspects of making videos, which is like the actual thumbnail and title of them? Oh man. You know, I, I find that the channels I end up gravitating toward are often like it's not necessarily having a gimmick or being super super original but it's people who can add something new to a conversation like I'll find 
a cooking channel, maybe like just making something up a cooking channel where they aren't like cooking crazy stuff, but they have like one unique thing they add to it. Like, um, this is, this is not a niche channel, but like tasting history. Mm -hmm. That channel is great because it's like, you know, it's a cooking show and the host is charismatic, but if it was just those two things, I probably wouldn't stick around, but he has that other thing that he can bring to the table that no one else is, which is the, like the historical aspect. And I think if if you can like bring something new, like if you want to start a cooking channel or a music channel, that's great. And if I think if you want to stand out, figure out what you uniquely as a person can bring to that sphere and then make sure when you're marketing it, you, you do the best to get that across, mm-hmm, which yeah. is a tall order. But I, I think from what I can see, that's what attracts me the most to new channels. Like that's like almost universal. Like that's like a rule you could really like it's a, there's like pillars. It's like one is having some authority on a subject you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Some professional experience. The other is charisma, being able to be on camera and like being comfortable with that. Yeah. Having it translate like that and then consistency i think and just like making stuff that people know there's going to be content there to watch mm-hmm. and like you're not jumping around too much like that's all you need to make a, a really good youtube channel that has everything it needs to succeed i think yeah like, like a, I'm sorry go ahead no i mean it's like you see even on tiktok it's like people watch like experts on little green screens you mm-hmm. know down the corner just like <laughs> watching shit and like they don't even really add much they just like hey like check out this thing that anyone can read on wikipedia well yep here you go like here's a map (laughs) and i'm pointing it's like people want the expert though to tell them that expert Mm. (laughs) yeah what's worse than that are the ones where it's just like it's a side-by-side like stitch and it's just the person going Oh my gosh. And they're just like making faces and, and reacting to the yeah. content with without literally saying a word at all. It's just the it's like why is this even here? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It just adds that extra element, I guess, for people like to be able to connect with stuff. It's like I need to watch someone else connecting with this to know how I should connect, maybe. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, so it's I like it's like it. being able to go to the comments section without having to go into the comments section. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. It's right there on the video. It's right there. It is. The so everybody's just taking their cues from Japanese, like daytime. The television. audience live stream of yeah. a video. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to watch this and see other people watching it too. Yeah, it's really freaking weird. But I mean, yeah, dude, those are the best channels on YouTube. Or like those weird little like crafting or like education channels, where it's like they they just give you one unique insight or yeah. like it, at least one perspective on something. Uh, that's really cool. I always think about like the old school movie producer being like people like zombie movies we need to get zombies i also need i need some boats people like boat movies and it's like <laughs> i always think about like that stuff like this is so like reductive like it doesn't it matter how good a movie is and like the more time i've spent like on youtube the more i've realized like those old film producers are right when they're like oh we need a boat movie it's like yeah actually yeah. if you do just like put a boat in your movie and it's a movie about a boat it doesn't matter yeah. how good it is there is a chunk of population that's like I love boat movies. Wait, really? I mean, no, anything, anything, any topic. (laughs) Just, okay. Not just boats. I mean, don't get me wrong. There hasn't been a good boat movie for years. There is a chunk of population. I'm sure there is, man. Boats are are very important. This is actually, these are, these are recordings from the James Cameron conversations before Titanic came out. But, (laughs) but like, I find that this really true where it's like, if you're starting a YouTube channel, you know, or starting some, anything like, if there's a community there, if you can truly tap into a community with like knowledge yeah. and like authenticity, like it'll grow no matter what, as long as you bring that authenticity and knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the guy who, um, uh, co-produced helped us with our line producing on the movie. His name is David Lynch. He, when we started out the film, wait, he, wait. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Michael. David Lynch he goes by Lynch so like I literally always forget what his first name is like he has two first names so it's like one of those things anyway he's an example of like someone who was like okay I love playing Magic the Gathering um, and he just started this channel like three years ago when we started production mm-hmm. and like you know we'd, we'd talk every once in a while and I'd give him some advice on like consistency and like you know here's like maybe with your thumbnail or here's how you start a video to get to the point point. Mm-hmm. and it was like he just did it 
and he started making these campaigns with his friends and it freaking blew up and now he's like one of the biggest magic the gathering channels on youtube and it's it's really cool to see a success story where it's mm -hmm. like this guy was like hey i have a vision i have one like niche kind of community like you were saying and then i have like a unique spin on that that isn't there yeah um and mm -hmm. yeah i mean that channel is still i think pretty successful i don't know i mean yeah he, he doesn't need advice from me anymore let's just say that so. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i feel i feel like the biggest like you know person the biggest success i've seen from somebody who's at quarter who's launched a channel is probably danny gonzalez oh man yeah mm -hmm. I yeah remember, i think he's working yeah. for like some company is making facebook videos and then that company folded and he joined us and he was with us for like you know like what was it, like five or six months or something like yeah. that maybe it was like more. just shy of half a year because <laughs> yeah. clinton joined on because he left right 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 yep and we made some really great videos like the i'm buying a tank video is one of my favorites and then the, oh, the yeah. PUBG mobile video yep. as well yeah like, man, yeah, yeah. it's good videos not spider-man uh, long, world's not longest Spider lightsaber <laughs> that's right yeah. that's right yeah, some good ones. yeah. man isn't that the era. most viewed video <laughs> yeah it is our most viewed Jeez. video 170 yeah. million views I like the idea you had of world's smallest lightsaber. It's <laughs> world's so small. smallest lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> it's so small, it's like cancerous. It just like kills you one cell at a time. Yeah, we just like Yeah, no, it's um, crazy though, because Danny, he like he left us and became like actually a pretty big YouTuber, like doing really yeah, well for himself. Yeah. We saw him at the streamies last December. Uh it's like Danny. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah, he's huge. He's bigger than Corridor, which is oh, you yeah. know, which is crazy um and it's cool to see but like <laughs> i remember when he was like hey you know guys i'm thinking about parting ways i kind of want to focus on this youtube channel it's like this the youtube channel he's talking about is like getting more views than our channel it's like yeah our, sounds good danny you go do that <laughs> <laughs> make it happen yeah well, he he has his, his format down and yeah again you, you love to see that consistency yeah you know well there every time and and remember how really like good ideas too when he joined us and we, he started doing skits with us initially, like our audience didn't like him at all. They thought really? he was like really mean. They thought he was like really aloof. Well, okay, we did was, do well, this whole like yeah, he's playing style. a character. Yeah, he was doing. But like the character. fact that like, people didn't like, I don't know, people yeah, didn't like. He wanted to into the it. company. It was like the pre-Markiplier. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And he wanted to disrupt, and we did this whole like fake little story, but we came on a bit thick with people it, turned on him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that was, I think, maybe uh, a learning lesson on our storytelling uh, <laughs> there. But yeah. yeah, I don't. I like to think that wasn't the reason he left, though. I no, hope no, it wasn't. We don't no, he left because he had a better opportunity. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yes. yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's awesome that he has built that into such an amazing uh, channel. So yeah, it's just cool to see stuff pop up totally yeah yeah i also remember uh henry from this isn't like us he wasn't with us but henry from minute physics when he was way yeah. back in the day with freddie and brandon and he's like yeah, i just started doing these <laughs> physics videos <laughs> like it blows up to become like one of the like top science channels on youtube it's crazy yeah <laughs> i was just hanging out with him in in april at thinkercon this year last time i saw him was mm. the previous thinkercon because he lives up in like montana he's kind of uh reclusive a little bit uh Great guy. I loved hanging out with him. Well, it was good to catch up with him. He grew up from uh, 15 minutes away from us in Stillwater. That's crazy. Like, yeah, he's in, he like, <laughs> like we competed on ski teams. Mm. <laughs> Do you remember him you from those times? Like... No, not at all. Yeah, I have no recollection of who he was. So, I mean, I probably never actually met him. I'm just too Because, yeah, he was, he was the one who introduced me to Freddie and you guys. Technically in person, because oh, really? uh, he was, yeah, he was working for Freddie at the time. And we've been chatting all summer over email because I was, I was a big fan of his YouTube channel and he didn't have many followers at all. Just a couple thousand at the time. Um, hmm. And then when I visited LA, he's like, Hey, come, come check it out. <laughs> and of course I wasn't going to turn that down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but when, do you remember when the keep the band that myself, Jake, Jimmy and Sam were in when we mm -hmm. played VidCon in the arena, uh, Henry I was there. actually joined us. That's right. Yeah, he, I was in he the was crowd. The fiddle. <laughs> it was one of the coolest. Like I remember at the time thinking, like, how the hell is this so cool? It, it was like he just whips out this fiddle, and you guys are going back and forth between like the Skyrim theme and what was the other song you're playing? It was like a uh, game of the Game you're of Thrones, Thrones theme, I think. Oh, yeah. But like yeah. you'd mix between the two, and he was just like up on stage so with his violin. 
Yeah, he's a really good fiddle player. I, I also remember this, like, I Jimmy. Uh, sorry, sorry. I also remember Jimmy uh, going up to the crowd and being like, "Who wants to effing touch me?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jimmy got like real hype on that. He yeah. even dropped the mic at the end. Oh shit! Like, <laughs> I'm sure the sound guy's Keep just like it. this freaking kid. <laughs> he plays his first that mic rock is so show. So expensive. And thinks he's a such a hot shot. It's like. Damn straight. He's, he's like, who shot. wants to touch me? As he goes up to like the front of the crowd, they're like, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a recording on my phone when like we did a rehearsal in the hotel room before we went on stage. And we didn't have any instruments. So I'm like playing drums on the floor and Sam's playing an acoustic guitar and Jimmy's just like a cappella singing. Well, not a cappella because we had instruments. And Henry had his fiddle. And like he busts out the craziest solos. And it's just like us sitting in the hotel room. And like we finish, we're like, damn, this is really good. You're really good, Henry. He's like, yeah. And then like hotel management's like, you have to stop playing music in here. Stop. And like, sorry, we're about to go on stage. Yeah. You're banging on the floor and, <laughs> and singing, screaming, singing weird folk songs. Yeah, and, playing the fiddle. Yeah. Come on. That's so funny, dude. Yeah, because I met Henry when he was play. still attending USC for film school. After right. getting his, uh, I think it was his, it was either his master's or his PhD in physics, theoretical physics. Uh, I think it was his master's. I'm not sure. But yeah, he was at film school at USC and it was just after I, uh, cause I helped him out with a film shoot while I was in LA visiting before ever moving here. And I, he, I think he dropped out shortly after that to pursue just making mm -hmm. YouTube videos full time. He quit working for Freddie and Brandon at the time. Um, mm. yep. And he went and did his collab with Stephen Hawking. Oh, wait. His wow, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> wait. Henry worked with Stephen that. Hawking. Oh, really? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that one, I did not know that. A yeah. Master. Like, I don't recall I don't know that. Stephen Hawking. I don't know if it was like an in-depth collab. Yeah, the, the Mr. Yeah. You know, the <laughs> smart one. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Hawking. The smart guy. Yeah. Not Stephen Hawking Lynch, like <laughs> <laughs> not so Stephen Hawking Lynch. No. Yeah. That's crazy. I love that guy's work. Yeah. That's cool. Griffin, you know? that was the best callback. Thank you. You know, I do wonder, like, let's say you were somebody who is passionate about making something, whether it's like music or videos or whatever, but you you weren't an on camera person. You weren't necessarily like cut out for like being on camera like what advice would you have to somebody like that if they were trying to get into making media in this day and age especially I mean, trying to well, do their own channel it depends what kind there of are. content they're making you know it's like these days you can yeah. just write a script and have a robot read it mm -hmm. that's what i'm saying there's so many ways to present your videos and ideas now yeah i mean you wouldn't even have to record voiceover like ren just said like you could have an ai or just hire someone who does this mm -hmm. you know a lot of channels do that. Like I watch a lot of history channels and like most of them, uh, you know, the main team is writers and then they send it off to the VO artists and, you know, they do, it's like a whole production they got mm -hmm. and like they're legit VO artists on all these history channels. Cause you know, they're just sending off the scripts and then they have graphics people. So there's ways to break it down. Mm -hmm. It's not like the main guy running the channels, the one in front of the camera. Well, yeah. I have a crazy story about this. So uh, at ThinkerCon, uh, I was hanging out with a, a small group of YouTubers. Uh, like, I don't want to name drop, but they were like big time educational YouTubers. And it was just kind of cool being in the circle with them. Uh, and then like the guy across from me, uh, his name is Philip. I had never met him before. Thick German accent. Uh, very nice guy. And I was like, what's your channel? And he's like, Kirsch is that. Nice, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? I had no idea because they hire a voice actor to narrate all of their uh, their videos and they have yeah. a whole it's nothing but illustrations. So he he is the owner of the channel like he he started the channel. He w was the sole worker on it for years, but he never did any of the, the voice acting. So mm -hmm. he was like purely anonymous, which I found to be like really mm -hmm. fascinating because that's very rare in YouTube these days where you have someone behind the scenes who literally no one knows what they look like. You have like there's like who? A few of them. There's like Dream. I guess he had a face reveal at some point, but there's not many others. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's really cool, actually. It's kind of weird, too, because you're like, who, who's actually like behind this channel? But I don't know. There's an air of mystery. From talking with him, I started uh, recognizing his writing style just through our conversations. So I thought that oh, was wow. really cool. Yeah, we sat on a bus yeah. for half an hour uh, going to like 
a baseball game and uh we sat and we just had an awesome conversation just talking about stuff because he's also a fan of corridor um and so we were able to connect really easily and just talking about life talking about making youtube videos he's he got to start basically just brute forcing all these youtube videos in his free time which wasn't much while working full-time and then eventually i think after a year or two he was doing all this and um these days he still does a lot of the artwork for the videos. Like he kind of does like the main illustrative oh, wow. sort of okay. design and, and composition, but he has a whole team of animators that goes through and actually yeah. animates all the stuff, drops in text, moves stuff off screen uh, to go along with the script. But he, he has a, I think he has a small team of um, writers and editors that uh, they work on all that. But yeah, it's just, it was, yeah, it's a fascinating example. You don't have to be on camera at all to have a very successful YouTube channel. That's that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a very like grounded <laughs> response to my question. You can like, do you like real world examples yeah. backing it up and everything. You can do like the Amazon drop shipping equivalent of being a YouTuber where yeah. you literally just automate the process and you write the ideas or not even. Like, yeah. And just, I mean, as long as you're paying for these people to do their jobs, it's like, I mean, but well, yeah, like who the, has that the kind of, of that money now? And, and connections, you know? <laughs> Well, what, that's why you gotta like put in the work first yeah. and then, then you can do it exactly I, I do agree with that these days though it's like or anymore I should say you can I, I always get frustrated when I see videos popping up talking about how to make content farms and it's like mm. I get what they're they're basically just like oh you sign up for uh, this whatever this chat GPT yeah. style thing is it writes out a bunch of script ideas it writes out your script it automates and uh, gets your voice narrated out automates generating a bunch of background uh, pictures and videos automatically edits it all together to the narration of your video and, and automatically exports that to a YouTube video that it also automatically uploads. It's like no I one see how people, well, I don't see how people understand like, why do people think there's value in that? It's like, I, oh, this I, I, AI I will automatically make social <laughs> yeah. media posts for your business to all these social media channels. Well, it's, it's like, just, yeah. do you think people read that? Do you think you are doing anything productive? I'm afraid they noise? do. I'm afraid people would watch that stuff because you don't know from the the, the like the yeah. source. Like you click on a, a nice, interesting thumbnail or whatever, and you're listening to a realistic, charismatic voice. They're getting pretty good these days. And maybe it's a little while in, you're like, wait a minute. The writing is a little sus here. It seems a little weirdly they written already made their their ad rev <laughs> so. I, f I feel like i see this more often on mm -hmm. on like instagram or like reels type scrolling right rather than youtube whether mm -hmm. it's you know instagram mm -hmm. facebook or tiktok doesn't matter um youtube shorts as well but i feel like youtube shorts and all those other platforms are the same thing whereas youtube is its own thing it's completely separate yeah even though it's That's obviously true. technically the same i i wonder I wonder how the shorts move is going to work out for YouTube. Cause I feel like they went like, <laughs> you know what people like really cheap content that doesn't keep you coming back to the, any specific channel or yeah. platform. <laughs> it's like, Oh boy. I don't know. They, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, they're just, they're like, Hey, look at these other guys doing this thing. Let's shed our whole identity and then try to do that <laughs> also. So we can be the one doing it instead of them. I mean, it's I've like, used YouTube cool. Shorts quite a bit at this point, like especially the last like couple months or so. I've I've yeah, been like choice. consuming it more. Uh, I'll just let me on me fun. Next thing I know, I've I've just been like scrolling through posts after post after post for half an hour. I'm just like, oh god, yeah. That's yeah, why I tried to stop I've using TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's. I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about that. That whole like, just turn off your brain and don't watch anything, but. Don't do anything either, you know? Yeah. It's the dopamine slot machine, yeah, just, man. Dopamine slot Damn. machine. Gosh, man. It's I like, just, I do wonder, like, you know, as we, as we progress, as the stuff that's new and edgy becomes old and boring, like, you know, <laughs> is like, for example, like life vlogging where people just go out and do crazy things. Like, is that still a thing that gets views these days? Or is that like a genre that's dead? I feel like travel vloggers are very much alive. I watch mm -hmm. a lot of it. Travel yeah. vlogging is live. I'm talking more about like, I filled up my house with a thousand water balloons oh. or like mm. that kind of thing. Mm. I, dude, I think, I think it's very difficult to break into side. that now. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the case, which means that anyone who's already there and established can continue to do that. I don't know if their views are stagnating or not, but. Yeah. I am happy to see more like to see people continue to make like just really weird like 
low budget content where it's just like them with a camcorder and like they found a weird guy so they're just like recording what he said like <laughs> that's the stuff yeah. i always loved about youtube when i was younger and like i kind of hope that kind of stuff has a renaissance where like mm-hmm. you know there's there's just more like rawness and weirdness and like yeah more realness yeah mm-hmm. i do feel like that's where the pendulum is swinging a little bit at least for a mm-hmm. bunch of audiences like i mean that's why everybody's always marketing movies now it's like there's no cgi it's like People want that realness now mm-hmm. in like a world where everything's so easy to generate. And it's also Nico said a bad word. <laughs> CGI. CGI. <laughs> yeah. But people also want the fantasy and escapism too. I think it all just depends on what you're searching for. I think they just, yeah, they just want that. They want the, the fakeness with the realness. Mm-hmm. They want the fakeness surrounded by the realness. So you don't know it's fakeness. Because <laughs> come on, like, yeah, like, doesn't it you can show me flashes past without the polar express like it doesn't have to be that way you know um yeah they just want like super like, high level suspension of disbelief yeah i mean that's all any of us want without having to go like too far into like but really look at how awesome this is that's how real it is it's like visual effects are trending into like let's just show more 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 to really dig in how real and cool this is and it's like it's having the opposite effect on people i think like mm, yeah. if, if you see like three really good vfx shots like old ilm 90s shots or whatever you know like those amazing shots where everything's crafted those tell so much more for your story and getting the audience invested yeah then you know just seeing a whole fleet of spaceships with the blue and the purple energy beams and explosions <laughs> and the whole there's a guess what there's a team of the guys that have the suits now and they're blowing shit up like, like cool great yeah i get it thank you that's my superhero rent for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 if you're uh, if you're on the bingo card you can check that one off i'll, I'll see you next week for my superhero rant um we're all patiently waiting for Grandpa Nick to finish his yeah. superhero rant. <laughs> yeah. When I was your age, superheroes had names. They, they had names. <laughs> 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 they, did. they had leotards. <laughs> when I was your age, superheroes wore their underwear on the outside. Yeah, and they were right. happy with it. Dude, they were so happy with it. <laughs> it was a better time. <laughs> yeah. If I have to see one more goddamn blue energy explosion again, I'm going to lose my shit. (laughs) I swear to God, I'm so tired of it, dude. Yeah, man, honestly. (laughs) Get the energy explosions out of here. I'm so tired of that glow. Everything has the same glow these days. It's like everybody just uses the same glow filter. And it's all, yeah. It's it's it's, it's like the form. new like lens flare, you know, mm-hmm. or like f- like haze. Like it's just another compositing piece of whole crap. Yeah. It doesn't look as good either. <laughs> yeah. Tell right, me how they, you really they, feel. They, they, they to wrap up that superhero. Yeah, I just have, that's, I'm done. Positive vibes only. Positive <laughs> vibes only. From now, from now on. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I do. I do feel like you know we're, we're constantly on this like what you know I guess we would call it a treadmill of you know content creation. But at the same time, I feel like there's there's a lot of moments where we pause and we make a piece about something that's either happened in our lives or it's happening around us in our lives. And like those things when like when we stop to talk about that stuff is when I feel like we end up making stuff that's unique and it doesn't feel like disposable content. It feels like something that's like, oh, here's an important thing mm-hmm. or this thing like really connects and like you feel something with it. And I do feel like there's like that avenue also for people like in a world where it feels like everything is done and every story has been told and every genre genre is filled. It's like instead of looking to the past, just look at right now and like what's the most current thing that's happening that people haven't made art about that people haven't mm-hmm. like digested as a society and you can help people digest it with your digesting enzymes known as art, mm-hmm. you know, you know, that's why yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for the future of like immersive content, mm-hmm. like 3d video and whatnot, especially with like the, the Apple headset coming out next year. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to get it, but I'm very excited for that coming out and ushering in whatever future tech comes like the new iPhones that just got announced literally this morning have uh, are going to be able to shoot immersive video on it. So basically 3D video somehow using the depth sensor. So I'm hoping the depth sensor has been upgraded, uh, which would mean a higher resolution LiDAR. I haven't actually read anything about the new phone today. Uh, So this is speculation, but I'm hoping it's true because if it's a higher resolution LiDAR scanner, that means 3D 
photo scans using our phone will be better too. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Dang. Man, I'm still running my iPhone 12. Really? Really Dude, Nico, it's time to upgrade. They have USB-C now. Oh, do they? Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) That might actually make me do it. (laughs) I'm down to get away from Lightning Man. I was on an 11 up until like a couple months ago, dude. (sighs) And it finally bricked on me, so I had to upgrade. uh, Dang. Yeah, the USB-C is nice. When I like, I used to do every two years because I feel like phones were advancing really fast, and I got the iPhone X, and I kept that one for four years, and upgraded that to the twelve, mainly just to get the wide angle. Mm, uh, dude, that wide angle is, lens yeah, is a game changer. It's worth it. It's worth it. But it, you know, the twelve is such a superior phone to the X. But like, they're so good now. The phones are so good. It's like, I don't and I don't need to upgrade. <laughs> I probably shouldn't, but like, I yeah. Oh boy, I, I feel the exact opposite. I've upgraded camera. every year for the last like three years i think it's the first because i i was also on the every other year plane and now with the i I don't know i feel like the video capabilities and the software capabilities of the phones for what i do with 3d scanning and all that stuff advances so much every year that i'm like i have to upgrade it's it's very easy to justify for my job (laughs) and yet you sit here and say you're not gonna buy the apple ar kit (laughs) (laughs) we all know you are i mean it's just that's that's, that's almost too expensive it's yeah the, the apple headset what, is like prices? starting thirty five hundred dollars and it's like okay that's oh, pretty expensive i don't yeah. i'm not i'm not gonna drop money on that just yet despite really wanting one and i can easily justify yeah. getting it if i really needed it but i i don't know yet so i'm gonna but wait it's not gonna be anything to do with it too that's the other thing it's like it's like oh i agree like i'm i'm also <laughs> like oh it's so cool camp but like the reality is it's like buying the xbox on launch like i guess maybe should- there's like a halo but that's about it you know <laughs> yeah. Gr- Griffin just quantified it in a way that makes it more palatable to me personally. That is 1,000 McChickens, Ren. <laughs> yeah, think about that food that you could eat in your lifetime. A McChicken is three and a half dollars? Dude, Something Griffin, like you just ruined Apple's whole career, yeah. dude. Like, that launch is going to be a total failure after word gets out. You know, I was thinking that's a couple one wheels. Uh, on the wisdom of how you measure the value of something, which is a, big chickens is a great like, measurement is. value. Yeah. Harley was telling me a story also about like, you know, first class tickets. Like, okay, so you go buy a ticket to fly from like Canada to America. You know, it's a couple hundred bucks. Upgrade to first class for $800 or something like that. It's like, it's always like this really steep number. Like, oh, man, I know, no thanks. And like Harley's found himself like, he's like, oh, because oh, he's kind of a big guy. He's like, mm, should I do it this time? Should I do this time? And then he's like, and he pauses and he goes, all right, the flight is like, three to four it's a four hour flight right if somebody was like hey harley can you sit in that chair for four hours i'll give you eight hundred dollars like then you can take your phone you can take your switch you can take your steam deck it doesn't matter you, all you have to do is sit yeah and we'll bring you pop we'll bring you some chips you have to sit in that chair for four hours just for four hours and we'll give you eight hundred dollars he's like i would totally do that and it's like and when it comes to first class you know it's like instead of, like if somebody's like you sit in the coach and you save eight hundred dollars sitting in that chair for four yeah. hours and then you're like oh you know i don't know maybe it's worth upgrading to first class but the moment somebody like yeah. contextualizes it is like yeah if you just sit in like a coach chair i'll give you eight hundred dollars yeah sit there for four hours like yeah i'll do that turning right. not spending into being given <laughs> yeah it's, um, yeah essentially <laughs> yeah yeah first class i only flew first class one time when we were a kid our flights got canceled so mm. they let us in I was like a tiny little kid, so I was like, this is awesome. It was yeah. like, it was I rarely fly first class. I recently did flying back from North Carolina <laughs> the night after the morning after breaking my collarbone. I can't remember mm-hmm. if I told the story mm-hmm. or not, but oh, yeah. I, I, I was basically like, I used my points to buy a ticket back and I went ahead and upgraded it. Uh, so I did it all through points. Fortunately, I upgraded my flight to first class because I was like, all right, this is a five hour flight from North Carolina and I and I haven't even seen a doctor yet, but my shoulder hurts. And so I got the first class. That's how I was like, all right, I'm going to do that. And then I'll how see my doctor they, in L.A. Did they, did, yeah. they say, did they take the x-ray on the plane? Like, what kind of perks hmm. did you get? I mean, it was... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is there a doctor on the plane? <laughs> I did get escorted closer to the front of the line because I, uh, I had a cart which had my bags in it. And I had more bags than I can really should carry with a broken collarbone. And so once I had to get rid of the cart to stand in line, uh, the one of the gate guard ladies was like, oh, hell no. And she she lifted the thing and like had me run up to the front of the line uh, with the cart. Wow. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> but no, the best perk was <laughs> oh. that my my first class tickets came with Rhett and Link. Oh, really? Whoa. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? <laughs> no, like I uh, sat next to Rhett and Link on the airplane. <laughs> 
That is really It blew random. my mind. Really? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I'm dead serious. We had an awesome conversation, Wait, you're too. you out of where? North, North Carolina. Carolina, like Raleigh, North Carolina. The crazy okay. part is that I had just flown out to to Raleigh like two days earlier. I left. I left. I went to a one wheel racing event and I left early. But on the flight out there, I was also on the plane with Rhett and Link. <laughs> but what? I didn't introduce myself to them. Uh, I, I didn't. They were being heckled by uh, people at the airport. They're very famous, and and so I, I didn't want to bother them or anything. But I, I walked past and they were sitting in first class. I was like, oh man. If I ever fly first class again, wouldn't that be crazy if I sit next to them? <laughs> and so it like funny. literally happened. It, I sat down. I was I was one of the first people to sit down on the airplane. And so I'm getting comfy. And then sure enough, Rhett and Link sit down. They were across the aisle. Technically, uh, I was on the right window seat and they had the other side of the aisle. And eventually another dude sat down between us. So our conversation was cut short. But we talked for like 10 or so minutes. That's how I know that they both enjoy one wheeling. And they oh, actually really? talked about meeting me on that airplane on one of their podcasts like a month or so ago. <laughs> <laughs> I hope somebody posts this in the Red and Leak subreddit or whatever. Yeah. Like, hey, Corner talks about Red and Leak in their podcast. Talked about them talking about <laughs> us on the podcast. Yeah, just <laughs> and like they can talk about us talking about them in their podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's super cool. See, it's how like, many layers can we go? You see them online, and and I mean, I mean, we're all familiar with this. We've all met a lot of YouTubers, but they're they were very nice. They're they were cool. We talked about injuries because I had just broken my collarbone. Link had also just broken his collarbone, I think unrelatedly. Uh, there, yeah. On so we, we traded stories about injuries. That was where that a lot of my one wheeling conversations with people tends to migrate towards injuries these days, which is unfortunate, but mm. it's cool. You know, Sam and I have been on their podcast. That's so crazy. Yeah. I remember we were at the freaking streamies last December and uh, we sat right next to Rhett and Link's table. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I was sitting right literally like a couple feet from Link. And I remember him leaning over, uh, tapping Christian's shoulder and pointing at you, Nico, and being like, hey, I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're just like, you know, they're old OG YouTubers. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> they're old OG YouTubers. Sorry. So am I. <laughs> look you know from the mouth of babes right <laughs> but uh yeah you know it's like they've been around since the beginning and it's yeah. just like it's there's a couple that have been and it's it's just cool to see each other at you know another streamies another year another yeah step down the road and it's like all right you guys are still doing it still hanging they're always there. very yeah. easy to see at the streamies because they're taller than everyone so tall <laughs> right yeah, yeah. Especially with uh, his hair going on, like it's like a whole thing. Are are Red and Link our generation's pen and teller? Oh, uh, they are definitely the best duo to capitalize on an ampersand between their names. Yeah, <laughs> they're like iconic ampersand buds for sure. Sam ampersand Nico channel. Yeah, Sam and Nico channel. Yeah. I guess, you know what? I guess you guys were going to do the Salmon Eagle channel. Yeah, the Salmon Eagle channel. <laughs> yep. I love that you have to pronounce the L with it. Otherwise, it sounds too much Salmon like the original e name. Salmon Eagle. <laughs> Eagle. <laughs> yeah. Really Salmon Eagle. It is crazy that you just said, like, I, I was thinking today about, like, how big and yet small the world is. You know, just like in Los Angeles, you'll run into your friends on the street. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll run to people you know, or like literally at the airport or on a plane. Yeah. In another spot of the country, you'll run into somebody. Like when Ivy and I were doing our honeymoon in France, we did a, a wine chateau tour. And then Ooh, like fancy. four days later, we were in a different part of the country at a market. And the person standing in front of us in line to buy some food was our tour guide what? from the castle Sorry. tour five days ago on the other side wow. of France. And it's like, hi, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing here? So wow. Yeah, it's so it's so strange. Wow. Like the world really is a small place. It's not as big as we think. But at the same time, you like you'll watch a movie and like the whole universe like will exist. But like the six main characters somehow run into each other all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Like playing playing Zelda and like you're constantly talking to the king and queen. It's like, do they ever do anything else in this kingdom? Like, are there any <laughs> citizens in this kingdom or is it just the king and yeah. queen living in this entire yeah. kingdom? <laughs> do they have any day business or is it yeah. just standing around <laughs> talking to you know princess zelda like who was it that described <laughs> yeah. it's like my whole kingdom and there's like four peasants like, <laughs> mulling about and like two guards yeah. it's like oh you've saved the realm Thank you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, didn't what sam describe like breath of the wild tears of the kingdom as basically being 
uh, society run by toddlers. That was me. That was you. <laughs> yeah, it's basically. I mean, but it's, it's right though. It's like yeah. <laughs> everything's <laughs> <just> very simplified. <laughs> yeah, everything's been nerfed. <laughs> like everybody's like intelligence, the maturity, they're like the danger they're in. It's all been nerfed across the board. Everybody's like at about like the level like of like a five or six year old. Like they're really into their stuff and they really want to be friends and they want to be do nice things, which is great. But yeah, I mean, that's classic Nintendo, I guess. Yeah. The end of the day. Yeah. It's definitely wholesome. Oh, dude, I finally beat Tears of the Kingdom, by the way. I did the I fought Ganon. And it was well, I haven't incredible. Done it, it was <laughs> so you got to do it. Talk it, about it anymore on this podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> no spoilers. I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm not I'm not saying anymore. I'm just saying it was like it was. It was so much better than Breath of the Wild, like as a final sequence of, oh, cool. of events. It was, and then the yeah. last event was, it just blew my mind. It was, because I had been putting it off because I didn't like, I don't like how Nintendo does that thing where it's like you're not able to exist in a post Ganon world. So it's like you beat the mm-hmm. game, but then you have to just reload the game right before you jump into the pit. And it's like, it feels very unrewarding to walk away from that, knowing you've already beaten it. But like in game, in this universe, you're like, no. And like right. turning away from the final boss, it does give you an asterisk yeah. on your save file, but I don't know. Yeah. That, yep. I agree. <laughs> I, the Ganondorf f- fight in the first Breath of the Wild was uh, a little underwhelming. It was. Go this one is not. Just, Tears of the yeah. Kingdom is not. <laughs> Jan and I both fought Ganon or did the Ganon sequence at the same time while waiting in line to get out of uh, Burning Man. Because we sat oh, cool. uh, within like this four mile stretch of road for like eight hours to get out. We got in line at like eight. We didn't get out until 8 p.m. Sorry, noon. Oh. Then didn't get out until 8 p.m. Yeah, I so was, we played a I lot of Zelda. Really, I was making really good progress towards like I'm close to the end. I'm probably like maybe two or three hours away from doing the Ganondorf battle. And like I was making really good progress and I was on top of like this one Sky Island and Milo, my daughter, who was watching me play is like, can you, can you go over there? And there's just like a little island out in the ocean. I'm like, I probably could. She's like, you should do it. I'm like, <laughs> all right. And just jump off the island. And then, you know, I'm like eight hours into that little island adventure, by the way. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's been a, a whole journey and it's really, really? sidelined. My Wait, is that that progress. island down in the bottom right of the map? Yeah. And there's like the pirate's cove and there's a secret yeah, cave and there's like I've done that. Yeah. Underneath. Yeah, so it's been a good time, but it really, it really derailed my progress. <laughs> <It's right there. laughs> Thanks, Milo. Yeah, <laughs> I'll never forget practice, us playing man. on uh, your your work switch because you have two switches now. We're playing Smash yes, upstairs, and all of a sudden, it goes to the main screen, being like, two accounts are playing this game right now," and you're like, "Uh oh, I think Milo just turned on my switch at home," <laughs> and we're all just like on a break, going. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> none of us could play. And Ivy said that it was actually Calvin had pulled it out. And uh, she said that like it was like a minute later, he had put it back and they turned it off. So if we would have stuck around for like a few more seconds, it would have worked for us. That's how it goes, though. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, you know, it's almost smash season again. <gasps> I forgot yeah. about wow. that. Yeah. Ren, who's your favorite to win this year? Me. You can't say that. <laughs> Uh, honestly, I think Griffin. Are you Whoa. sure? <laughs> you sure about that? No, yeah. of course I'm not. I'm never sure. <laughs> not I, I appreciate the say. vote of confidence, though. That means a lot. I don't. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna beat you pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Griffin? Who would you favor this year? Well, it's not my favorite, but I like. I don't like it, but I feel like Jordan Allen has a pretty good chance again. Mm-hmm. Dude, Jeez. if he becomes the first time to win it twice, I'll be so mad. I mean, honestly, I'll be mad if anyone wins it twice before me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of I might agree with you, especially if he plays Samus. But yeah. Oh, he's going to play Samus, and he's going to play super, super careful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, can't, you can't waffle out like that. You got to give me a prediction, Christian. Just throw a name out there. Does Christian have a mic? Dean. No, he doesn't, but I'm just going to interpret says Dean. He says Dean. How about you, Nick? You don't have anything think, invested uh, in this whatsoever. Yeah, no, I think uh, it's going to be... Mm. I think it's going to be Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately, oh, no, I said Matt. No, you know, it could be Matt's ear. Wait, this is Matt's ear. Yeah. This is Matt's ear. No, you know what? <laughs> Matt. 
He's there it is. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's going to be yeah, messy. I'll, I'll root Matt. for Matt. I'll root for Matt. <clears throat> yeah, the thing about Matt. Dean, I, I recognize there's a bunch of similarities between Dean and some of the top one wheel racers where it's like they're the favorite to win and they never do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's why Matt. Technically, Dean has won. He won year. in the early days of us playing when he first joined up, but he hasn't won since. I'm it's true. Matt. I'm team Matt all the way. No one. All right. Nick's rooting for Matt. Matt I like this. Everybody listening to this podcast is like, oh my God, they're talking about Smash Brothers again. But listen, guys, we have put a lot of time into Smash Brothers. It's like perhaps making videos is our first mission here at Corridor and Smash Brothers is our second. (laughs) Oh, you want to hear a cool engineering project idea I have? Yeah. It has to do with Smash Bros. <laughs> and Burning Man. So apologies for continuing to talk oh. about Burning Man. Everybody's out now. Nobody's listening to the podcast anymore. But it's an art car uh, situation where you can play Smash. It's two different cars. One which has a giant flatbed truck that has a giant uh, projector screen on it that swivels around an axis so it can turn. And there's another car that's just a giant sofa. It's just a giant couch enough to sit like a couple, like a, like a dozen people, like a lounge car. Uh, and they're both driving down, like through the <laughs> desert or whatever, just randomly. You have the switch and all the controllers on the couch with a uh, a wireless video link to the projector screen on the truck. But they're always turning, so no, it doesn't matter where the cars are driving, <laughs> they will always be pointed so at each other. Have to just keep them perfectly. Dude, no, no, I'm no, because not... they they both rotate. The couch rotates and the screen rotates. See, so see. depending on where they That's are, they'll always be pointed funny. at each other. So you could just yeah, be riding like through the playa and just like be playing Smash, jump up on a couch, play Smash. I love like, this idea because I get the feeling that like f- like five years from now, like <clears throat> Burning Man 2028, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be like three days into like a desert walk. I'm going to be like slowly losing my sense of identity <laughs> and my sanity. I'm going to be like, Tuck. and then like, I'm just going to see people play. I'm just going to hear the smash theme. <laughs> and then you're going to be there and you're going to be like, hey, you want to you wanna play a, a quick three? And I'll be I'm like, <laughs> no, you'll just hear this across the playa. Just be like. You hear a clap, a thunder clap. <laughs> I'm like seven hours into like a meditation. There's, huh? <laughs> I was like, guys, I'll be back. Gotta smash. Yeah, I'll be back in 20 minutes. Yeah. Sick. That's sweet, dude. All right. So that's my idea for like okay. an art car. I think that'd be really cool that's to do. Idea. But yeah. don't know who the hell's going to pay for that. Not me. <laughs> I, think, I think that delightful imagery is what we can... Let's get a we brand can deal. Re- resolve this <laughs> yeah. this uh, podcast with. I love so, that. yeah, um, it's reaching that time, guys. The witching hour here at Corridor. The so, witching hour. Yeah, the this is a fun, hour. like um, casual yeah. podcast. Which one is that? To yeah. end this podcast, I don't want to talk too much about this, but Nico, Nick, the float wheel. Yes, so I don't want to talk about it much. Record. I don't want to talk about it much just yet, at least. But yes. I did so, finally get my float wheel working today. Yes, Ooh. I can't wait, Ren. Let's go riding. Maybe not tonight, but maybe tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I'm sure once again, this is going to be a niche audience thing, but we did do our one, our Vesk podcast like a year ago, and now we can follow it up with the Float Wheel podcast. I've got over 100 miles on my board. Uh, I've been did over 100 to... miles in less than a week. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I, I love it. Um, I've been uh, trying to convert everybody in the office to get one. Um, Nick, uh, Phil, Nick included. My, yeah. Yeah. My pride. No, I, I, uh, I got a new little loot drop on the way from <laughs> China. So I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did yep. it. Well, I was like, look, like my XR, I've been riding it for like four or more years now. Wait, no, you've been yeah. Six years. God, yeah. You've had that XR a long time. I've one wheeled that long. It's been a long time. That thing is like, it's done me good. Yeah. And now, you know, I've been thinking about a GT for a while, but then I tried Nico's the other night at Verdugo. The, f- and, the float wheel? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was just like another level from the GT. Yeah. And so, yeah. Especially just, going and, up and the hill. It's cheaper too. It's cheaper. And I'm going to be able to customize it for like ever and like have full ability to, you know, keep adding and changing up parts and stuff. So, I mean, parts you get from China. <laughs> it'll yeah. be, it'll take a while to get but the that's parts. That's why you got to switch them out. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, hey, you know what? Yeah, but to be fair, like you know, you can use any tire. Once again, it's back to a six inch hub yes. instead of a proprietary six and a half inch hub. So now you can Ooh. use any tire again. And I bought a even, seven inch tire. There you go. Oh, Look at that, okay. a seven Ooh. inch tire, which it is just barely be amazing. fits. 
Wow. Uh, yeah. So the idea yeah, and the benefit of a larger tire is that uh, it goes over more stuff and there's more sidewalls. So it has like a lot more cushion to it. So it should feel a little less like uh, shock, shocky. <laughs> it should absorb more impact. And, and I'm hoping it has like a nicer like feel to it. I don't know. I'm getting the tire just because I really want to try the big tire gang. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to try putting that on, but I, I haven't tires. even ridden the, the float wheel yet. I just got it all like tuned and balanced, which was the whole thing. I had to, I had to do the IMU calibration five times, oh, wow. <laughs> but well, then you got, got it figured out. To look forward to, so. yeah, I've never built a one wheel before, so you'll have a great time. Yeah, it's actually, no, it's, it's really awesome. Fun. It makes you feel like you're like really cool and getting into some cool stuff. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah. I mean, having building a one wheel on the floor while there's AI stuff processing, <laughs> in the background is it's like one vibe. of the it's most like time. 2023 things you can do so yeah. i'm there for it building Let's a go. one wheel you At bought least... using crypto <laughs> yeah right i exactly. will say for for anybody listening who's got a one wheel or is thinking about getting a float wheel or upgrading to a gt or anything like the float wheel has been a delight it's it is like riding a missile it it's i think it's a six horsepower machine the gt is a three horsepower machine like doing 20 miles an hour going up a hill and like the board has headroom still is a very strange feeling one I've never felt before. Like I, I'm the board has, I mean, I, I never like, I want to say like it rekindled my love for like riding one wheels because like, it's not like that love like went out. Yeah. <laughs> like I still really liked doing it, but I'll just say that when I got the float wheel, I was right. I'm riding every night. I'm out yeah. every mm. night doing at least like three or four miles. So, wow. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's giving you a new, a new lot on one wheel life. Basically yes. a new, yeah. Exactly. We kindled the flame, man. No, it's that's awesome. I can't wait, man. Do, would you recommend it for beginners, or do you think it's more of an? Advantage? I do feel like anybody who's if it's if you want to get a wheel for the very first time, I'd recommend getting a future motion wheel. Like yeah. go with like a pint, a pint. It's X, definitely safer. A used I, XR. Yeah. I would say used XR over a pint. I'm I'm not a big yeah, fan of like that smaller platform. Yeah. A used yeah, XR on, on honestly, I think is like one of the best deals you can get these days. Even a used GT. Yeah. 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 Either one is like the GT is still a great one wheel. It's still a great one wheel. Yeah. Be ready to sell it in a year and buy a float wheel. (laughs) I will say that. (laughs) But one wheels really hold their value. value. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can probably buy your XR and sell your XR for like within a hundred dollars. The price you buy it for. They're Um, hopefully releasing custom shaping soon, which will have some, uh, Vesk features like turn tilt and, or they, they call them different things, but a few things like that are being incorporated into the GT now, which I think is very good. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, at least the thing I'm really excited about with the float wheel is that like if a module breaks or it dies or gets upgraded, I, I can just buy another brain. I can buy another battery box. I can cool buy part. different rails. I can swap things out. I can buy a new motor. I could buy a motor for each tire if I wanted to so that if I want to swap a tire, I just unplug yeah. one motor and plug another one in and then keep riding. Um, there's so many ways you can approach it. And you can do this with Vesk as well, of course. Um but it just it helps to have something out there that kind of standardizes stuff just a little bit. Like the XR is kind of like that. And now we have at least something else comparable with like the float wheel. Because my my Vesk has been dead for a while because I have to like open it up and do some wiring. It's which is sitting in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in Ren's house right now. Okay. Uh, he has some skeletons in this closet, specifically yes. skeletons on my one wheels. Um <laughs> But like, you know, just taking the, you know, four to five to six hours to deal with that, you know, part of us have to order the parts ahead of time. Like, I just haven't done it versus just having the float wheel show up. I assemble it and I ride it. It's really great. If something breaks, swap the part out. Yeah. Done. Get back on it. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. We'll talk about it more in another podcast once Ren's ridden his a bunch. Once I get some experience and have some thoughts. Yeah. And Griffin, there's going to be a lot of uh, extra boards floating around now that we all have new ones. So when you, uh, when you decide. I might I might take you up on that, but uh, I kind of I decided in 2019 that maybe one wheeling isn't for me because the the thing third time I set foot on one I crashed it directly into Clint's Puget. And oh. <laughs> I was like, maybe this isn't for me, dude. <laughs> Wait, his yeah, Pokemon or his... what? His, his Pokemon? His, his Pute? No. <laughs> No, he crashed into his Puget. Oh, his computer. Right. I was yeah. thinking like car. I was like, he doesn't have that as a car. 
It's Pokemon. It's Pokemon. <laughs> oh, dude. I decided that one really wasn't for me when I tried it in 2019 yeah. and crashed into Clint's Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Right Pokemon there with Go was huge back then. I almost hit his Pokemon too, but yeah. then I didn't, and I decided it was for me. At the yeah, that's how I knew. Well, we have plenty of extras if you ever want to learn. I'll let you borrow one. Yeah, and look, Clint's not here anymore, and he don't got no Pokemons here. So (laughs) yeah, we got rid of Pokemon. You might get a little. Also, let me take this opportunity to pressure Christian again. Hey, Christian, you should get a float wheel. They're great. Yeah, get some crypto. Buy some USDC, baby. (laughs) Sell your XR. Turn that into crypto. Oh yeah, that's true. You always have buddy board. All right, I do actually have to go. <laughs> I have ah, to get home there. and make dinner with uh, the fam. Dinner, family. So, oh, it was. Uh, thanks for hanging with us, all your yeah, podcast guys. listeners. That was a fun, yeah, very casual. Just, yeah, uh, Ren, podcast. Griff, Nick. It was yeah. a delight. Yeah, dude. I'm riding my float Ren. wheel to Thank my car. You. <laughs> you float right on over, man. I will. Okay, pros. Lots of pros on the float wheel. The only cons, it's heavy. <laughs> heavy. And then because. The tire, and the heaviness isn't the worst. It's really not all that bad, but it is heavy. Uh, the tire is also very wide and square, meaning that if you're on something that's kind of like slanted to the side, the board has a tendency to want to roll or be tippy, as people might describe it. I have since dropped the board one notch down, so the board is actually a little bit mm-hmm. lower. One of the other perks about it being a float wheel. And it is much more stable, but once I swap into a new tire that's more rounded, it should completely solve the Hell issue. Yeah. yeah. It does, however, Sick. rip on streets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's it. Oh, and new lifetime record of 25.9 miles an hour. Okay, <laughs> bye-bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good one. See, ya. See you See later. And three, two, one. <laughs>